Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and with me as ever is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Hello, listeners. Yeah. Hi. Uh, how are you? Are you Are you doing all right? You're still. Your play's doing very well. I've noticed. Doing. A, I'm a theatre actor. Good. Has it changed now, you in any way? I don't know because I can't remember who I was. I suppose I'm a little less cynical. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, a bit it, of bit of theatre magic. Sort of I have to talk you. to people every day. As opposed children. to just staying in my... Well, I, I hate children. Okay, good. They're the worst audiences. They're just screaming. I'm in a play called I Want My Hat Back and I play the bear and the rabbit's based on a kid's book and this rabbit steals the hat and for most of the hour-long show it's kids screaming, The rabbit's got it! The rabbit's got it! And you have to ignore them. Cause I know, I do interrupt with every now and then. What do you say? I, I just... Stop racially profiling the rabbit. He yeah. might not have it. I just try and get them to shut up. Okay. I mean, yeah. Sounds like fun. Is oh, that well, is that what all theatres like? Yeah, exactly. I've like not done. I it. don't care. I want to talk about films. All right, fair enough. Well, well here's some controversy. What? Well, as regular listeners will be, know and um, and not care about this fact. Yes. I live equidistant between two cinemas. That's right. The, the Muswell Mus- Hill Odeon, which has become the Muswell Hill every, every Man, which was badly run and every, everything normally goes wrong there. Yeah. And the Crapshen Art House in N8, which is a new... They they spent ages getting permission to build this two screens of quite cosy cinema. Mm. Now, guess what's happened? Uh, one's closed. No. Two doors. A third one's opened. Three doors down from independent, yeah, independent cinema. Three doors. A whole new five-screen cinema <laughs> has opened up in Crouching. What is it? A picture house. Okay. And it is. I don't know. It, it, it is not a big city. If there's any place where there's a cinema, two closer cinemas have opened up within two days. That is really. It's, it's the cinema than, district. It's closer than the view in the in Islington and the um, screen on the green. Yeah, yeah. The closest two cinemas in not a big area. I went to the picture house and I felt a bit dirty and a bit like a traitor doing it. Yeah. It's really nice. Oh, they're good, aren't they? Oh. I like went a... to Picture House Central recently. I think I spoke about it on the podcast. It's I, really good. I, I never sat in a seat which felt... They've got these sort of toweling type seats. It felt yeah. new. Yeah, it's yeah. the first time I sat in a cinema seat and it felt as though someone hadn't shut in it. 
Well, so are you a convert? Are you going to go back? Oh, I shatting it. Oh, you're shatting it. Well, that's good. Well, now you know which one's yours. Well, I, I, I want to go back, but I'm killing the independent um, cinema. Well, you, you just want to reward the good cinema rather than independent, don't well, they you? They haven't got the money to do it, and they've got five screens now. It must be pretty cheap to open up a cinema. You just get loads of, loads of screens. I don't know. I don't know how much it costs to get a license to screen a movie because it can't be, it can't be a real money spinner, you know. When you've got these entire screens going and all of this electricity being burnt, and you've got three people in it there or whatever. Yeah, but it's all in the popcorn. It is all in the popcorn. Isn't all it? in the soft drinks and popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went to see. It's been quite heavily publicised. It seems to be the only film that's been released since Spectre, which is haunted our cinemas like it's very title for the that's last month that's true uh, Bridge of Spies Bridge of Spies now this is a Steve what I know Steven about this Steven Spielberg's uh, latest thing it's actually written co- with uh, some one blo- and the Coen brothers helped write it did they? yeah oh. and I, it's based on true stories isn't it? it sort of it sort of says at the start that Really loosely based on the... Based on the fact spies used to be traded. Based on a true story means that one event may have happened. <laughs> that people did used to wear hats of this kind in yeah. the past. Uh, well, it's really Tom looked... Hanks. What what I was quite excited to see, and I haven't gone to see it because I knew you were going to, yeah. um, but is Mark Rylance, isn't and it? what is all the fuss about Mark Rylance? Well, in in terms of theatre, he's have the biggest there is at the moment. Performing? Yes, I have, a couple of times. I've seen him do... Um, Cleopatra in Antony and Cleopatra at the Globe in the proper, you know, outdoor way Shakespeare was done originally. Yeah. And I saw him in Jerusalem, which was that. That was a big show. one. Yeah. Now, he's he's live. He's phenomenal. He's absolutely phenomenal. I saw him in the remake of Wolf Hall. I found him really boring. Well, he doesn't do much. In and that, in this, I didn't see him. T- All he did was suck the energy out of the film and he barely moves his face and just looks quite... Just sort of speaks, speaks a bit like this the whole way through. Doesn't put any energy into. This is the sort of thing he's doing. Just, um, but with a slightly northern accent. But um, I'm not really going to. I'm just playing it totally normally. Like I could be a milkman or um, an accountant, but I'm actually a spy, and I'm not going to actually make make any big real risks or do anything that may look like I'm really got any personality whatsoever that was his acting well that's always the risk when you start doing TV or films though isn't it that you're, you're told don't be big people will see you acting do anything so I've seen him in two things and everyone start in Wolf Hall everyone was shitting their pants about him going oh Mark Rylance Mark Rylance all he was doing was like sticking his lip out a bit and looked like he was sulking he's like a sad he's like a sad tramp does he play Cromwell in that yeah mm. I I, I I don't see what the fuss is about. Well, see him, see him live because that's where he is brilliant. Anyway, so what is Bridge of Spies about? Right, um, they've, they've caught a spy. The Americans have caught a spy. Right, his name is Mark Rylance. Okay, not in real life. His name is something else. Okay, they need as a part of um, the legal process. They need to try him through the court system, and they need to appoint. A barrister to represent him. <laughs> this barrister is Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. And then, meanwhile, a subplot: an American spy gets caught, who's played by some young bloke. Okay. Know, and they want Tom Hanks after he's failed to um, 
get this bloke off because America's going to he's all going to be guilty they want Tom Hanks to arrange the swap of the prisoners Mark Rylance and the American spy in Berlin why do they want a barrister to do that they want to, to have someone because he'd represented um, oh he's seen as trustworthy yeah he's because he's defended him yes right um, so it's boring <laughs> it's boring boring film I was sitting I went to see with my girlfriend and there were two for some reason there were two, two 12 year olds there I don't know why they had gone to see this film they were bored out of their minds and they were fidgeting quite a lot which put me off it a bit but it's really boring the trailer makes it look like a sort of Rocky without any fights yeah there's a lot there's a lot of talk of you know uh, getting back up again no matter how hard they hit you sort of stuff but without oh, any that, boxing that, in that it that was it it's sort of now, I've got a slight problem. Okay. I, oh, yeah. There's what? two things I want to talk about here. Yeah. Well, this film is boring and it's well made, but what the first one is, what has happened to Spielberg? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I, th- I, I think all directors go off the boil a bit, but... Um, but he... Well, let's look at his last few films. Um, I like Munich. I think War of the Worlds... He did War of the Worlds... Which is terrible. It was fine. War, War Horse is supposed to be boring. Link, I mean, Indiana it, Jones, let's not forget. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And the last one before this was the most overrated film. Lincoln. Yeah. Absolute toss. And War Horse before that, yeah. which was schmaltzy bollocks as well. He's just making these overlong, yeah. schmaltzy, weird sort of films where the lead becomes this sort of godlike. Jesus-like character. He's doing Messiah films. Yeah, and I think Tom Hanks has got the same problem, where Tom Hanks, in his latterly, has started to embody this sort of American Messiah. Do you know what I mean? He, he comes across as not this... Everything he makes, he's whiter than white, that he becomes like this weird godlike character... So cross between Tom Hanks and Jesus. Well, I start to Captain hate him. Captain Phillips, I enjoyed. That was good. That was good, and that was 2013. But he he starts he starts. You like Cloud Atlas as well, which was the one he did before but he that. But he to play these characters, though. He's playing these this sort of Tom, really really infallible, perfect characters. Even mm. Captain Phillips, a little bit. There's no real dark side to it. I watched Castaway recently. And that's the same. The same characters are just so. Nicey nice. There's no shades of grey in them at all, and, I, and there's something wrong with this. There's something mm. wrong with where Spielberg was quite charming in the in the seventies, and um, you know I think Jaws is one of the best films ever made. Phenomenal. Uh, Colour Purple, brilliant. E.T. I love. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, brilliant. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's so him, I, isn't it? I want to see the difference between I watched Jewel, D.U.E.L., which is his first real film that he made yes um, and I'm not saying you should you can't but if you put that into YouTube yeah you may be able to watch it and that's fascinating where he's making he seems to make films for the actual he seems to the drama and the tension he was a master of doing that and his great moments where he captured characters oh, as a visual storyteller in the early days he was absolutely phenomenal I mean Jewel is basically a man being tra- traced by a, in a car by a man in a truck. Nothing else happens. He manages to get drama from... And car chases are notoriously difficult to do. Yeah, yeah. And just a car going down the highway. And the drama is equivalent to drama you get in um, the latest Mad Max. That sort of stuff. But yeah. m- a lot more simple. 
and look more claustrophobic. And it's masterful. The editing is brilliant. The fact that the stories he tells and the, and the journey of the characters is brilliant. Uh, lately, he's making these weird sort of... Sprawling, pointless... Overlong uh, films without any drama or action. Or... If you watch the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, there's a version online, I think, that Steven Soderbergh put up where... He takes the music off because the music's doing a lot of work. John Williams' score is brilliant. And he puts it in black and white and uh, takes all the soundtrack off. And you watch it and you know exactly what's happening at every stage and every single shot takes the story a bit further on. There's no just like, oh, we'll look at him for a bit, now we'll look over here. I'm bored of this shot, so I'll cut quickly between three. Every shot is so well-framed and composed. It's it's beautiful visual storytelling. And he has got a bit flabby. Definitely, definitely. And and also, the the end credits, they've got this sort of weird, sort of godlike score, you know, this sort of... Isn't he the best? Isn't he? You know, weird, sort of classical, uplifting, yeah. shit film score. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to Spielberg. Because J.J. Abrams sort of taken over as a sort of slightly weak, uh, you know, yeah. Spielberg. But when was Spielberg's last great film? Amistad was the sign of him being. You think shit. that was the, well? He did Amistad and the Lost World uh, in the same year, although he didn't really direct The Lost World. But then World. Saving Private Ryan is very good. Then AI, I didn't really like. Minority Report, it's some good. people like It's all right. Catch, Catch Me If You Can is fun. The Terminal, I nah, didn't see. The Terminal, absolutely awful. And then he doesn't really War pick All the words, awful. No, I've, uh, he any, the only good thing he's done recently, I think, is Munich, I really liked. I haven't seen Munich. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not so strong anymore, is it? In t- and in 2017, he's doing a film called Ready Player One, which someone recommended the book to me, and the book's brilliant. So I recommend if you want to read it. Uh, it's a if you if you like computer games and that sort of thing. And I do. You would love Ready Player One. Okay. I'm fascinated to see if he cocks it up. And Indiana Jones Five. No. Oh God. Leave it alone. So I just think that he's um, sullying his great uh, almost. Uh, he's come by being all this godlike sort of. Weird Messiah films. He's becoming less godlike. But that's a very American in- instinct, I think, in their movies. To as characters become important in the creator's head, they just go closer towards being Jesus. Like it's all the same metaphor. Do you know what I mean? Like when they didn't know what to do with the Matrix films, Neo gradually just becomes Jesus mm. because it's a sort of off the peg, easy version of. A good man, but a powerful man. Do you think that I'll become Jesus? No. Do you think you might become Jesus? You don't become Jesus, you're born Jesus. You're born Jesus! (laughs) That's a great quote. (laughs) You don't become Jesus, you're born (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. Well... I'm leaving some silence. So people can think about that a bit. Because I was thinking about it, I thought, why yeah. not leave a bit of silence? Well, that's nice. I'm used to it. I'm used to silence. I was brought up Quaker, so uh, having contemplative silence oh, is really? very, very normal to me. I give Bridge of Spies five. Five Marricks. Well, Overlong. Take that, Spielberg. Pull your finger out and make some excellent films again. I think this is this year. 
Over the start of the year, with all the Oscar bait and Ek- where Whiplash and Birdman and X Machina. We've had some good films. I think it's been a real dearth of good films. It follows since this year. Yeah, not many great ones. Not like the year before was really. There was a great. There was a great period the year before, but I'm we'll to see what happens. But I'm not a bit impressed. Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? I think there's been a very sort of recycle things culture, and I wonder if. If you know the Marvel films making so much money is harming everything a bit as well, where everyone wants to sort of use yeah. previous intellectual properties to make expansive worlds in terms of the blockbuster, rather than just making one fun film. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know anything. Do you not? <laughs> Surely you know something. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't. Mad Max was this year. Ex Machina was this year. That was good. Um, i tell you what, though. Yeah? Do you think we should go to our letter section? Yeah, have we got some? Have well, it's getting more? pretty sparse again. Okay. Well, if people would like to write in, and uh, we promise we'll get to your letters and read them out on the programme, then you can email us. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is the address. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Uh, you can also Facebook us, or rather talk to one another on our Facebook wall, which is forward slash filmfandango. Or you can tweet us at Film Fandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Merritt Larwood. Um, so, who has written in? Well, Simon Zek has written in. Simon Zek? Yeah. Uh, with this, I mean, I'll read it out in my voice. Go on, then. Dear David and Merrick, read this out wherever you want. It doesn't really matter. I've just spent two hours watching A Letter to Zachary. Thank you. What an amazing documentary. You normally ruin a movie for me by spoiling many of them. <laughs> Thanks for not doing this one. You're welcome. It was a mesmeric piece. Mm-hmm. You do a great job if you just introduce this movie to more people. Well done. I think your podcast is certainly in the top eight or nine podcasts I listen to regularly. Keep not spoiling the films. Well, I mean, what if a sort of backhanded compliment there? But um, well, if if you if you hear on the podcast it says what films we're going to talk about. So I recommend you could just not listen to them when you want to, to, to see the film yeah, and then so wait until after you've seen it to listen to it. You and know. someone on, um, I recommend it, I noticed that Midnight Run was on um, terrestrial television the other night. Yes. Someone tweeted, I tweeted about it on the Film Fandango account. Because Rob Deering brought it on, didn't Yeah, he? and someone said, can you men- talk about Midnight Run? A lot of the films, we someone else we tweeted about them, we, we won't really go over them when we talk about them in podcasts, but... If you want to find out about Midnight Run, look up... Past the, date, look for one that uh, has special guest Rob Deering on and he brought on Midnight Run. Um, the, the film also that uh, was mentioned there, uh, we'll, we'll mention again, is a documentary called Dear Zachary, A Letter to a Son About His Father. And it is incredible, we're not going to tell you a thing about it, but we've never seen anything like it so it's on YouTube for free completely legitimately so you can track it down very very easily Dear Zachary Zachary spelt Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y here's one from Martin Appleyard it's Martin Appleyard he's written in a few times before he has what does it, what accent does he want well he says at the very start uh, when you've read out my emails before it has always been in a barely comprehensible accent it's not just you Martin so this time, can I have it read out in the accent of a 1950s BBC continuity announcer? I should say that sound in the background is the fan on my computer. Which is incredibly noisy. I think your hard drive old, might be about to die. I can't afford to buy a new computer. Have you backed all your files up, Merrick? Because mm. that's a serious concern. You're going to lose everything very soon. 
It's always been that noisy. Oh, okay. get so, uh, this is from Martin Appleyard. Um, Hello, Merrick and David. With the arrival of Spectre comes the inevitable spectralation about who will play the next James Bond after Daniel Craig looks at his bank account and realises he doesn't have to ever work again. The inferior podcasts have all discussed the various merits of the current crop of replacement favourites, Elba, Hardy and Fast Bender. But as you two always like to take a more obtuse look at the world, I would like to suggest a new game where you discuss which actor would be the worst possible replacement for, for the role. You each come up with a suggestion, and then your infrequent guest decides who is the winner. And if you don't have a guest, ask Buddy. If Buddy is asleep, he currently is, <laughs> then stop a passing police car, or if you're round at Marek's, bang on the wall and ask the noisy neighbours. Either way, you'll figure out a winner. You could do a best of three rounds. Here's my suggestion for the first three roles. James Bond, Iron Man, and Indiana Jones. Hope you like my suggestion. It's like Christmas delivered. Martin Appleyard, the poor man's Chris Webb. Thank you, Martin. Um, who would be the worst person to uh, to play James Bond after Daniel Craig? What, I mean, Bond is, to me, is sort of... The closer they try and get it right, the more sort of awful it's becoming. It's it's sort of eating its own feces and turning into a bit of a collapsed uh, junkie of a of a franchise. Do you know what I mean? It's so irrelevant now. Um, I think Idris Elba would be the worst Bond. Why? Because I watch him in those adverts for Sky or for Virgin. I don't think he'd do it like that though. I want to punch <laughs> him. I want to punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah. But when David Tennant did those as well, you wanted to punch yeah, him I in did. the face. I find him annoying as well. Yeah, yeah. I think David Tennant will be either Idris Elba or David Tennant. Yeah, yeah it's people. a difficult question because you have to pick someone they could feasibly pick. Otherwise, you just say Roseanne Barr would be a terrible James yeah. Bond. Uh, but someone who would be truly awful at it. Oh, what if they picked an American, like uh, the guy who plays John Connor in Terminator Genesis? Oh yeah, uh, doing an English accent. The guy who's also an Everest and who's instantly yeah, yeah. forgettable, but seems exactly. to be a Jason ne- Clark. Jason Clark would be would be a terrible James Bond. Because you want someone who's not going to be so terrible they make the franchise good again. Yeah. Worst. Iron Man. The worst Iron Man. Okay, so he's a billionaire sort of quipping playboy. Uh, Chris Evans. But, you know, the the British Chris Evans. I think the worst one would be... Jack Black. Oh, he'd be alright. He'd be alright at it. He would actually, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd be okay at it. Um... Oh, who would they pick? Ben? Oh, no, they were, you just go Ben Affleck. I can't believe I haven't picked Ben Affleck. He's the worst superhero for all the superheroes. Yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones, I'm going for Ben Affleck. Then. And <laughs> Do you not think wins. he's had a bit of renaissance? He's all right now. But he, he just, it'll be so annoying to have Ben Affleck as Play Indiana all Jones. the superheroes. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he passed He passed up on the role originally. I think they should give him another shot at it and do it with Tom Selleck. I think he'd be alright as an older one though I like Tom Selleck I like Tom Selleck I would like to have seen Tom Selleck's Indiana Jones I think he would have been really good at Indiana Jones yeah who is currently being brilliant in Fargo uh, Ted Danson oh Ted Danson hey Ted Danson would make a very good slightly older Iron Man yeah he's got he's got that charm we're just casting good 
old old superheroes we're yeah. casting now. Let's do old superheroes. Okay, so it's Spider Man, old Spider Man. So he's old still got to wear the leotard. It's the slightly embarrassing thing. Ted Danson Sp- can do it. Yeah, old Spider Man, who's quite geeky. Oh, it's read. And we need to do old Batman as well. Yeah, do old Batman. Well, that's when well, you do old. We can well, both the, work the new old together. Batman is Ben Affleck. That's, no, that's yeah. who's being cast as uh, the old Batman. Yeah, well, he's he's getting on a bit. How um, old actors in their sixties? I'm going to look up now. Oh, this is going. We're going right off piece. We're going right off piece. Clint Eastwood would make a very good old Batman. Yes, he'd be a good old any, anyone, though, wouldn't he? Yeah, and you know what, old Joker. Willem Dafoe, he'd be bloody brilliant. He, uh, he's he got would, the face. He played the Green Goblin, though. So yeah, but he'd he'd be better with a mask on. I mean, why do you cast someone with a face as awesome as Willem Dafoe and then put a mask on him? It's nonsense, isn't it? Okay, I'm thinking. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Here it is. Uh, uh, I mean. Denzel Washington is still playing young people, really, isn't he? He is. He's still playing people with 20-year-old wives. Old Spider-Man. John Voight. <laughs> He'd be an incredibly old Spider-Man. <laughs> I quite like it, though. I quite like it. Oh, I'll tell you who'd make an, another good old Batman. Bruce Campbell. Oh, yes. Uh, Bruce Campbell would be great. He's a, re- he's a great one, yeah. Go Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell for Spider-Man. Br- Ted Danson for... Ted Danson for Iron, Iron Man. Man. And uh, who? who's the uh, old Thor? Uh, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. There we I go. I can see that. We've, we've ignored your letter. We've played something completely different. <laughs> right. Um, y- y- old Spider-Man, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, uh, no. Are you not a fan of him? I think uh, well, oh, the I fly know. Jurassic Park. He's yeah, brilliant. I know, but it just he's too much like Jeff Goldblum now. Oh, okay. He's he's worked it out. He's become he's parodying himself, himself yeah. now. Oh, um, right. well, so you've seen something, right? Well, yes, we've actually had a tweet. Uh, as I say, at Film Fandango, you can tweet us, and sometimes it makes a difference. Um, somebody has tweeted uh, saying uh, this is from. At uh, Harmati, who is Matthew Beaton, and he says, Guys, I highly recommend Still Life on Netflix, starring Eddie Marsan. Would love to hear what you think of it. I started watching this. Yeah? And then I. Starts with several funerals. Then my Netflix account. uh, But he's got to trace a person that they're. Okay, basically, Still Life, it's a presumably fairly small budget British film. Um. And it stars Eddie Marsan, who is in everything, and he's he's great in stuff. I mean, I'm trying to think what people will know him from. But he's, 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 he was in the River recently, but he's been. He's, he looks like a bit like a turnip. Doesn't <laughs> a bit, doesn't it? But a red uh, turnip. It starts in quite an intriguing way, where he attends three funerals in a row, all of different faiths where he's the only person in the congregation. It's just a, a priest or whatever, and him. Um, and it, it's like, what's going on? And anyway, it transpires that he works for the council, and it's his rather sad job to... That's Buddy in the background, Buddy. Dog, yeah. uh, it's his dinner time, so he's going to be increasingly noisy for the next uh, however long. Um, it's actually his job to 
track down when people have died to track down if they had any next of kin to let them know and if but he is constantly attending funerals of people who had nobody and that's oh, the premise gosh. Uh, so anyway he he has to he tries to track down this person and his boss is meanwhile telling him um well you know you you work hard, but you work really slowly, and you're costing us loads of money because you keep insisting on having funerals when no one turns up. I mean, to be honest, it costs costs us less money if we don't try very hard to find their next of kin, because then nobody knows nobody's there, and then we don't have to have a funeral. We can just cremate them and scatter them. And mm. it's and he is this one sort of loner. He has no life himself. Um, who goes that extra mile to let people know? That somebody try and find someone who cares that these people are dead. It's good. It's a very sweet and sad story. Um, It is. I don't think it's perfect. I think sometimes it it just replaces a truly engaging story with good music and acting. If you know what I mean, Mm. it sort of plods along a bit. I did shed a tear at the end, though. Actually, David doesn't happen usually. Oh, David! Yeah, yeah. So no, I, in that in that regard, bang on. But it, it is very, it it's very, it creeps up on you a bit. Were you feeling a bit depressed at the time? No, no, not at all. Oh, it's good then. Yeah, a bit tired, maybe. One tear, just the one. Yeah, yeah. Really cinematic. A solitary tear. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, how many Davids do you give it? Oh, I'd give it probably. I'd say seven. Seven Davids. Buddy's getting increasingly frisky. Well, it's because he wants his dinner. Seven Davies. And is it just Eddie Marsan, really? Eddie Marsan, and there's a girl called... um, What's her name? Sorry, I'm going to look her up. She is in stuff I've not seen. Um, But she is known. Joanna Froggart. Oh, she sounds familiar. Joanne Froggart, sorry. Joanne Froggart. She's in Downton Abbey, which I don't know. Oh, watch. okay. But she's also in Filth, that film with uh, James McAvoy. I have not seen that yet. I have not. But uh, a couple of people crop up in still life that I was like, huh, and it took me out of the reality a bit. One is Colin Holt has a couple of lines, and oh, he's really? come on this show before. He's yeah. in And Deborah Francis White as well appears in it just uh, as sort of... Almost a spectre of uh, of corporate councils was just really... standing there. I was like, ah, look who it is. Was it really low budget, Ben? Fairly, but it looks beautiful. Well, actually, that sounds really bad. <laughs> 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 what, if, they, if they can afford our friends, then they, <laughs> it's pretty really low, low budget. budget. Um, it's it's beautifully shot, actually. It's it's not stunning, but it is artfully shot, and and you know, it's it's. Yeah, I. It's a very sweet small film, and I. But I think it is very nice. If and you Eddie want Marsan to shed is one, excellent. One in the, tear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Watch Just it. the one. Just the one tear. Um, he well, goes. Should we let Buddy have his dinner now? Well, maybe we should. Maybe we should. I mean, I know I've not talked much about this film, but I would just say, I, I'd recommend it. I would. It, it. It's not absolutely amazing, but it is a sweet film, and it, it deserves to be watched. When you've watched the three films that are worth watching on Netflix, yeah, you can watch this. Well, if you've got Netflix, it, it's it's free to watch right now. So I, I, you know, I thought it was good. The end, the ending did surprise me actually, because uh, it felt a bit sort of ploddy, linear, um, for quite a while. As in, you know, 
we get we get what's happening, and we're mostly just watching it play out. You know. Yeah. Um, but Ted Danson appears as, as suddenly he, Ted Danson's Iron Man appears. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, with a new kind of rocket that he's built. Um, no, it doesn't happen. Would Would Ted Danson reinvigorate uh, your uh, desire to see superhero films? I just don't like superhero films. But would you watch old superhero? Maybe films? you'd be better. With Morgan Freeman as old Blade. It would just be all Morgan Freeman, wouldn't it? <laughs> what, like the film Red, you mean? The yeah, this is a bit, that was shit. Yeah, um, it was. All right, then. Well, well um, yeah, so it's still alive. But thank you for recommending it. I did I did very much enjoy it. Um, so, yes. Thank you, Matthew Beaton. Um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more films. But in the meantime... Keep watching the films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.